Hi there, I'm Sarah Subiata Bennett, your host of the Dallas Express video podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with District 1 Councilman Chad West, an esteemed military veteran and Texas Tech law alumnus. His transition from service to civic leadership has been characterized by his engagement in real estate development, law, and a dedicated public service in North Oak Cliff. In our conversation, we discussed his efforts on the Dallas City Plan Commission, advocating for housing reform, his drive to improve walkability and connectivity within the city, and his exciting project to bring the first skateboard park to South Dallas. The whole impetus behind this third segment today was me thinking, I really want to share ideas and unique gifts that I love for Valentine's Day, since it's coming up. In a more recent development, I spoke with Councilman West literally days before the release of the Dallas Express crime boss results, which placed him in the spotlight. I have since decided to create a separate recording from this interview to help our viewers learn how to locate general crime statistics in our city, as well as how to interpret this Dallas Express crime boss methodology. Councilman Chad West District, like many of the other districts, including District 13, where my children are raised half of the time, are highly sought after communities that include beautiful neighborhoods and families. That is what I look forward to discussing with our councilman. Please help me welcome Councilman Chad West. I am so happy you're here. I just adore you personally. I think you're a wonderful human. And to have you here representing your constituents from District 1, kind of the North Oak Cliff area. Talk to me and our viewers and listeners about what your vision is for not just your district, but Dallas as a whole. I think every single person who works hard and wants to strive for home ownership mm -hmm. should have an opportunity to do so and to live in the city of Dallas and not have to you know, drive an hour or an hour and a half to get here. Being able to afford a home in a city that's safe and has the amenities um, that, that we need, like parks and libraries and things like that. And right now it is still attainable for most people. Uh, but in five, 10 years, I don't think it will be based on the data I've seen. You, you look at the overall economy that's and right. the uh, construction prices are sky high right now. Uh, inflation's high. We've got, it's hard to get a loan and actually close on a, on a deal. And so, We've got to be very conscious of that. So the reforms that I've pushed since uh, coming on the city council in 2019 have really been to try to push for better development and more development throughout the city. So one of the most recent reforms that um, I have proposed along with uh, four of my colleagues mm -hmm. is for the city to reconsider um, minimum lot sizes mm -hmm. and then gentle density. So yep. there's two pillars to this. Mm -hmm. So what our policy, what pillar one of the policy looks at is rethinking the lot sizes um, that have been in existence since the 1950s and 60s in Dallas. And that's the 50 by 100 traditional lot that you'll see in East Dallas, mm -hmm. you'll see in Oak Cliff. And just allowing for adapting like the city of Houston has done you know, over 20 years ago, uh, adapting like Minneapolis has done and like Austin is looking at doing. Um, the second pillar is allowing for gentle density mm -hmm. on vacant lots. Mm -hmm. That's two plexes, three plexes, four plexes, on vacant lots throughout the city. It's a way for us, if it was enacted throughout the city, to gently allow for more people to come in without the big apartment complexes and all those things. It just helps our city adjust for the growth. And frankly, we've got to do it. We have 
a fantastic economy here. We have tons of corporate relocations here. Every year we have tens of thousands of people moving from San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, New York City who want to come to Dallas, but it's making our housing prices go higher and higher and sure. higher uh, with our median home price now being upwards of $500,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, a teacher can't afford that generally, uh, at least not on their own. Firefighter, police officers starting off, like they're not going to have an opportunity for home ownership if we don't address it in some meaningful way. I like this uh, very much. I'm going to follow all of the different meetings held to ensure oh, that I'm up to I'm speed. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I enjoy it because I know it's not a sexy topic, but it's extremely important. Um, you know, and I urge all the viewer, viewers and listeners of this show to really pay attention to this matter because it can affect where you live, how you live, but also you do want to be surrounded by these, I, I want to say, core monumental persons in our community, like teachers, firemen, policemen, right. all of that. You do want that for our children. You want that in our neighborhood. I grew up in a neighborhood like that. Me too. Um, right? And so mm -hmm. it's, it's something that is important. And again, I just want to make sure that it's done thoughtfully, uh, responsibly, logically. And if there's any way to, again, identify the areas that are most willing to adopt these type of zoning reforms, um, perhaps start there. And maybe it's five, six districts. Homelessness, what does it look like in your district? It's gone down citywide, but in my district it has too. Mm -hmm. But we've seen a little more visibly people have just been out and about more. And I'm not sure what's caused that. I think that part of it is uh, the, the whole COVID situation. A lot of them came out and about during mm -hmm. COVID because no one else was out. Mm -hmm. And so they felt freer to do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's gone away. My opinion is that we've got to build a lot more housing because if we don't have housing, that all trickles down. It's one of the biggest challenges in our city. We are the service provider for everyone in the region. And that's I know something that frustrates a lot of my colleagues, myself included, is our sister cities really should be taking some of the burden from Dallas. You know, we have the, the shelter, we've got the bridge. Mm -hmm. um, we have most of the, the service providers, Housing Forward is our big nonprofit mm -hmm. that receives money from HUD mm -hmm. to facilitate the homelessness system. We have to have it, every major city has it. The smaller cities though, I mean, why can't they come up with shelters. Why can't they provide more housing? I, I just don't see them doing that. I think the county should be doing a better job of, of, of pushing that out onto, onto them and not just looking at Dallas to take the major burden of that right in the heart of our downtown. Talk to us a little bit about how you have done a fairly decent job in helping to control crime. I have to give credit to uh, our police chief. He's amazing. And, you know, we yeah. came out of COVID we had a very low morale uh, in the police force. It was my first term and I'm like, what did I sign up for? I, I feel like at that point it couldn't have gotten worse. Um, but then we got, we got Eddie Garcia came in and, uh, and it, he just brought a fresh perspective. He brought a huge shift in morale mm -hmm. to our police force. And you know anything he's asked for uh, and the police force have asked for, and, you know, I've supported, it's kind of a no-brainer. When people think about public safety, mm -hmm. they 
you know, you think about crime, but you also think about speeding, which is a criminal act as well, but speeding and your safety of crossing a street. Mm -hmm. That's a big deal in my neighborhood. We have a lot of uh, schools that are embedded in the neighborhoods, parents that ride their bikes with their kids mm -hmm. to school. Rosemont Elementary is a key one there. It's a priority for my constituents, and I think in a few other districts, for having an area where people and bikes are prioritized at the same level as cars. And frankly, we as a city have a policy called Vision Zero, which promotes that as well. So I think one of the ways I can personally help DPD beyond just what the police chief's doing is reducing the amount of calls that they get for vehicular accidents um, in my district. And what we're trying to do in the district, this, this supports walkability, it supports safety in the neighborhoods, and it supports um, taking the burden off the police, is finding areas where we can do traffic calming. We have Jefferson Boulevard is a great example of this. Lots of speeding, tons of wrecks every year. What we found when we put the cones out to take Jefferson Boulevard from six lanes to four lanes, the accidents were reduced by 82% um, in that same time period that was studied um, over eight months without the cones and with the cones. So we've since painted the lanes, so now they're, they're temporarily closed and we're working in the 2024 bond to actually either put bike lanes there or bring the curb out and actually have more green space along um, Jefferson Boulevard. And you know that's something I'm looking at doing throughout all of Oak Cliff um, to help on speeding and those things which, which could ultimately be beneficial to police response time. I want to hear about the skate park. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. just tell us a little bit about it. It's, it's it's coming up to Westmoreland Park, which mm -hmm. is an underserved park in a 98% Latino area mm -hmm. in Oak Cliff. It's been redistricted out every 10 years to a different council district, so yep. no one's put any love into this park. Mm -hmm. hasn't been touched in, in almost 40 years, so we're trying to actually do something meaningful there. We've had a lot of kids from the neighborhood come up and uh, say that, you know, they would use it. There is a needs inventory that says we need 15 skate parks in the city of Dallas. We've got one. Mm -hmm. One skate park. It's not even a good one. It's mm -hmm. in East Dallas. Okay. And uh, this would be the first skateboard park south of the Trinity, mm -hmm. first one south of I-30. Uh, we're hoping to bring it down there. So what percentage of your time do you believe at this point is being spent on, let's say, addressing public safety, since that's extremely important to your constituents, oh, man. versus <laughs> the housing initiatives? So, great question. I would say back during the days of COVID, mm -hmm. uh, when we were having the protests, um, oh man, I was spending 100% of my city hall time on that. And now with a police chief uh, and a department that is, is well run, maybe 10% on that. Housing, 70% mm -hmm. because it's such a important issue that really brings out the fear in people of, of, of this change is going to personally impact their biggest investment, their, their home. And after 2025, what are your personal and professional aspirations, if you might be willing to share with um, our um, viewers and listeners? I'd like to finish out my last term, which would take me through 27. Uh, city Council. Uh, there's a lot of complicated zoning matters that mm -hmm. I filed mm -hmm. five years ago that are finally bubbling up to the top um, to really bring neighborhood protections mm -hmm. through my through Oak Cliff and, and set us up for the next 30 to 50 years. 
I don't want to leave those with the successor to have to deal with the politics. I'd rather jump in myself. I want to get the skate park built. Mm -hmm. That's important. I promise my constituents it's going to happen. Well, I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate the conversation. Do you have anything else that you want to leave our viewers and listeners with and even your constituents with? Sure. No, I, I would leave it at this. There's always policy issues being proposed at mm-hmm. City Hall. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so helpful when people will dig in just a little bit, uh, ideally a lot, and, and engage with us on that. Because it's the same 20 to 30 people that show up for everything. And a lot of them have had their opinions made up before they even get down there. So for people to take an interest in our policy issues especially, um, it's so helpful. And I welcome feedback. I have an open door policy. Uh, folks are always willing or, or, or able, if they are, if they are willing, to, to call me, text me, or email me um, with uh, concerns. And, and, and they don't have to just be my district. Uh, yeah. I'll take that citywide. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Thanks again. Thank you for being here again. Now, after visiting with Councilman Chad West, I'm going to take you into a much lighter and more creative space that highlights different ways to help your Galentine or Valentine feel extra special in February. First, I interview Eve Zimmerman Short, owner and founder of Redolence Gems. And following that conversation, I introduce my love of scent layering. Thanks for tuning in. Eve, I'm so happy to have you here. And I know a good friend of ours, a mutual friend, introduced us and she introduced me to this absolutely beautiful candle. Um, And you were the creator and founder. Would you mind telling us a little bit about you, yourself and your business? So I've always been a passion for geology and my favorite class is mineralogy. And I've always had a passion for that. I've always collected rocks. My dad was a geologist as well. Now I'm an empty nester and I'm going, what am I going to do? So I, um, I just started falling in love with my rocks again, my gemstones. I have a contact uh, that um, can go all to, to directly to all the mines around the world. So these, these stones are not just stones I get at a rock shop. They're actually being mined from all over the world. Um, very precious ones. They're actually uh, quite valuable. Some of the mines are no longer open. People don't realize that gemstones and raw gemstones are getting more precious um, more and more. So I wanted to accentuate these, the preciousness of those stones. And then I've always loved scents and candles. And so I thought, well, why don't we make just an elegant candle that just a little bit more than just that white candle. Every Christmas, we put together a whole bunch of gift baskets. What's going to be panning over at some point are the baskets that we gave away, which feature this. The reason I wanted to showcase this at this point in time is because it's a fantastic gift for Valentine's Day. Talk to us about the science, if you will, a little bit about what's i guess in your candles it's a very high grade wax it's a coconut soy apricot uh, mixture and what i do which is a little different than uh, other candles i make sure that the whole candle is filled with scented wax many times in the lower price one candles you will smell them for about half the time and then you don't smell the scent anymore my candles will you will smell the scent all the way to the very end and that's because i do the highest fragrance load and i also put the scented oil and wax all the way down to the bottom. Tell our viewers and listeners how they're able to purchase it and how they can customize it, the price point, all of those details, if you would. 
you're going to be able to find them in all the um, high-end boutiques around the world. But if someone is interested now, they can go into my website um, or they can go into my Instagram and I, I will custom make any type of candle you want. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for being with us today, Eve. Thank you, sir. Thank you for taking the time. All right. So it was wonderful spending time with Eve. And this is an incredible scent. But over the Christmas holiday season or before it, I was looking for a gift for my assistant. And I walked into Tom Ford and there was Ernesto Anaya, who is, I think, the director of scents or something to that effect at Tom Ford. He works primarily out of the Highland Park Village location, but I spotted him over at North Park. And he introduced me to these two to die for scents. And I've literally been stopped multiple times asked, and I've been asked, what are you wearing? It's incredible. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I didn't put this together. It was this man, Ernesto, who's fabulous. And it's just a unique gift idea. I've been layering Joe Malone products for years. It's in my travel bag. And these new scents are some that I cannot wait to try. But that price point for Joe Malone is about $72. This nest up here is about $48. This Juliette has a gun, I believe is comparable to this Joe Malone set. Tom Ford is a little bit more expensive, but if you're looking to splurge, I cannot tell you how incredible these two scents are. Normally, I'll just apply this Tom Ford electric cherry scent. And then at night, and this was per Ernesto's recommendation, I'll layer this very sexy, sultry, woodsy Tom Ford scent. But these are just some ideas, like I said, I wanted to share. And they do have a small kit available on this Cherry Trio scent for Valentine's Day. So you can purchase this online, but I'm telling you, the way I do it is as such. So I initially apply this... Ooh, this scent here oh, and it's sweet light happy daytime and I swear for nighttime you layer this and I'm gonna absolutely botch the I don't know exactly how to pronounce it but you layer that on top and oh you're just like a walking attraction for your loved one so I just highly recommend this if you're looking for something unique these are all brand new scents. And this rose amber scent, oh gosh, it is rose amber. There's no better way to describe that. And layered that with rose and magnolia. All right. See, the rose magnolia, I don't know that I would include that. Oh, but you know what's interesting about Jo Malone and Tom Ford? This is a men's cologne. But I don't care. I've always worn feminine and masculine scents, which I think is the unique concept behind layering. This nest kit over here, they're actually roll-ons. But this, back to this rose and magnolia cologne, I would never wear that individually because it's overly rosy. And because I kind of trend a little bit more masculine, and this one is rose blush. That one's great. Okay, so I would probably start by layering that rose amber with maybe three sprays and then two of rose blush and maybe one of that magnolia at the very end because it's a little bit more feminine. Um, and again, if you like a little bit more feminine, 
aroma, then maybe you use that as your base layer with three sprays and then accompany it with fewer on the layer upwards. But those are just my ideas and unique gift ideas for you or your loved ones. Thanks for being with us.